Welcome to the Ernie Chan Show. Hey, hey, welcome to the Ernie Chan Show live as usual every single week on the Ernie Chan Show live. I have a very special guest and I always bring special guests from all various industries to speak to you about entrepreneurship and as you've been following and watching, please do join and share. Now, if you're just joining us, please make sure you share, tag and get as many people as you can to come and watch the show. Alright, so this is when I introduce my guest today, ladies and gentlemen. We're very fortunate to have my good friend and my brother over here all the way from Italy to share with you his opinions and thoughts on entrepreneurship and how in the world has he actually built his businesses as an entrepreneur in Malaysia. So why do we have an Italian entrepreneur here? We shall find out. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Dr. Daniel Gambaro. Yeah. The proper nomies, right? Now, first thing first, there are two components over in the show. Uh, first and foremost, Daniel, we would like to ask you three questions for our audience here to get to know you better. Yep. Right? First Absolutely. question, you have to choose one of the two. Okay. You cannot say both or you cannot say, well, you know, you have to decide one of the two. Okay. Alright, let's go. First question, nasi lemak or chicken rice? Nasi lemak. Nasi lemak. He has become more Malaysian than you think <laughs> about, right? So he has chose nasi lemak. And of course, the second question would be business or holiday? Business. He likes business more than holiday, you know. I, I tend to like business too, but nowadays I think I want to go for more holidays. <laughs> I'm working a little bit too much, you but know. Just doing business is also a holiday. It's a holiday, eh? right? Business integration with work-life integration. And third and final question, family or friends? Oh, no, I we get both. You, you, you can't choose both, you have to choose one. That's the whole idea. It's a tough one, but you have to decide family. one or two. Family. So family. he has decided on family before friends. So those of you who are Dr. Daniel Gambero's friends out there, please give him a hard time because he chose his family more <laughs> and he decided over you guys, right? So that's the whole idea. Today we have uh, Dr. Daniel Gambero over here, the proper normist, right? The first question goes to, why do you call yourself the proper normist? Propenomist. Uh, first of all, Ernie, thanks for having me here. Thanks for great, coming here. Great to be with all of you. Share, ask questions, leave comments. We always like, we are both very much digital animals. Why Propenomist? Because it comes from Propenomy, which is a, a personal way, which has also become a model, a mathematic model, in which I look, that I use better, to look at property development first. And since the next year, 2020 onward, I will share as much as I can how the propenomy model works, but in a very simple ways. I don't want you to become old mathematician or statistician or a headache looking into macro, microeconomy and all these things. You just ask questions, there will be an app that automatically will give you all the replies, not only on properties, but on much more. Sure. You see, that's going to be this propanomy's whole entire world is going to change in 2020. And of course, uh, Daniel and his whole entire team is going to bring forth to you the whole idea about how do you survive in the world, in the new world, right? Correct. But before we go there, I'd like to take you back a little bit back to where you came from, right? Uh, Daniel is from Italy. Italy, you know, how often do you get an Italian to come to Malaysia to share and to speak with you? Now, I understand that you arrived in Malaysia in 1998. Is that's that correct? correct? That's correct. Do you know that that's the same year I returned to Malaysia? 
<laughs> I actually left Malaysia. Jumpa in, lagi. <laughs> yes, and I arrived in Malaysia, and it was the same year that Anwar Ibrahim was actually jailed up. Yep. Right? Yep. So yep. that same year was the same night when I arrived that he was actually jailed. And now it's another, oh uh, another drama situation happening right now. 1998. So what brought you to Malaysia? What brought me to Malaysia? Yes, I'm originally from Italy, but I've been uh, lucky and uh, uh, brave enough uh, to move out from my country in my early 20s. And start uh, studying and working around the world. I've been staying uh, for a total of about uh, 13 years uh, in North, Central, and South America. Okay. Back to Europe, I lived uh, for one and a half year in Spain, then a few months in South Africa, and then uh, I, I anticipated uh, what our uh, today's uh, PM, sure. Tumade, uh, is saying. Look east. So I, at that time. Uh, Southeast Asia was uh, attractive, was uh, a still very much developing area. There was this big uh, growing giant, China. Uh, Japan was booming, Korea was growing faster. So I said, okay, I, I came over, uh, I took uh, my time, six months, uh, traveling around Southeast Asian countries, uh, Southeast Asian and South Pacific uh, countries. Uh, uh, Australia, New Zealand included, uh, and in the end I picked up uh, this beautiful country, making it my current country. Sure. I'm no more Italian. No more I, Italian. I'm a Malaysian with an Italian passport. Oh, so you have given up your Italian? No. Not no. yet. No, Malaysian with an Italian passport. Malaysian with an Italian passport, okay. <laughs> so let's go back to when you left the Italy, traveling yeah. around all over Central, uh, South America, and then Europe and everything else. Have you always been an entrepreneur? Were you working with people whenever you go to those countries or what was it like? Uh, I always say I am uh, 60, uh, how old I am? 61, 63? 63. 63. Uh, Sometimes I say I'm 37. Okay. Because after 50, I start counting how many to 100. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's my final target. Not final, uh, never put limit uh, sure. to, to, to what God uh, will, uh, will give us. Um, what we were saying... Uh, um, what were you doing before yeah. this? I mean, were you starting uh, businesses? Been, I always say, yeah, yeah, I always say, yeah, I've been always extremely lucky in my life. Lucky or stupid, huh? Depends on how you look at it. I never get a pay slip. Okay. I have never been receiving one single pay slip. Pay so, so slip. since day one, you have never worked, you never had a job before in your life? No. I have... I've had a lot of fun as a businessman, first entrepreneur, later my family was having a, a family business. My father established it in 1952-53. A theater? Eh? Uh, established a what? A family business. Family uh, business. In we what were, area? We were producing, uh, our group of companies were producing uh, uh, very high precision mechanical components uh, okay. for electric motors. Okay. At that time, it uh, was still the time of direct current, alternate sure. current. Sure. No inverter, no robot, no nothing. So we were having a very niche market. But still, and, and the dream of my father was to see me becoming a mechanical engineer. Of course. <laughs> and then you went on to study uh, communications, marketing. Uh, yeah. First, uh, economy, microeconomy yep, that's in right. Italy, and then I moved in the uh, US uh, 
University of Michigan, where I got a master in marketing and communication. Well, it's, a very, it's actually very far, you know, from economy to marketing, communication, and MBHD in uh, marketing, communication. Yeah, mar that's correct. That's correct. But uh, you see, macroeconomy. Macroeconomy is uh, the very big picture. Uh, what you do with macroeconomy, not that much, honestly. Sure. Right? Yeah, you can definitely do forecast. You can go and work for one of the big firm, but you go and work for, which is against uh, what uh, is my DNA. Sure. All right. So I said, okay, uh, let's look into something different. I, I can see a huge potential in marketing. I can see a huge potential in communicating. I was already a decent communicator at that sure. time. At the age of 18, I was a DJ. I established my first uh, enterprise as being a, a um, radio, radio, radio station. Radio station. When, uh, when I graduated from high school, sure. uh, together with a few friends, we established this uh, uh, international city sound. I see. <laughs> so you were going around shopping malls or you were actually at a, a radio station with radio, radio waves? Station. Radio, radio station. station itself, yep, I see. Yep, yep. Okay. We purchased a frequency. Sure. Uh, uh, 102.5. I see. And uh, and we said that time was uh, the the period in which uh, the, uh, which year was that? 1979. Okay. 1979, <laughs> the year my sister was born. 78, 79. <laughs> That's a long there. time ago. Yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, so we started there, and uh, from there we 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 start getting uh, attention at sure. the radio station. We start getting good uh, good. Uh, business coming in sure. uh, till when at a certain point uh, of course 14 shareholders very very headache, uh, headache uh, exactly so we moved out uh, one by one and at the end a few left over myself and another three or four we sold uh, the whole thing to I a see. bigger station i see to a bigger so station then i joined my 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 father's company for uh, one year but uh, couldn't take it. It's not what you want, right? No. So no. you started traveling around the world and then somehow or another you, you checked out South Pacific, Southeast Asia, and you decided Malaysia is the place for you. The best place in the world. The best place in the world, right? Listen that uh, and hear the that from an best, Italian, right? The best country in the world. The best country. Why do you say that? Why are there so much opportunities that you saw based on what Tun Mahathir said was uh, look east? What caught your eye about this country? What's so special about this country? Okay. Uh, in 98, at that time, Malaysia was not uh, where is it today in terms sure. of development. It was still a developing economy. It, in fact, it was uh, during the Asian financial crisis. Uh, yeah. Right after that, right? Worst yeah. time are always the sure, best time. Sure. How you look at it. In my life, I never looked at problem as problem, but beautiful challenges and great opportunities. That, that has been what uh, has been bringing me around the world, uh, from US to Canada to, to Central America and South America. Always. Uh, looking at things uh, in a constructive and positive way. Sure. There is never the coin with only one side. There are always two sides sure. of coins. So I always try to look at the positive one. I came to Malaysia, I saw point one, wow, I can really talk to anybody. Sure. And uh, everybody here can understand me. Sure. At that time, I was uh, still very much on my American English. Sure. Nowadays, I can use much more the Manglish, sure. which is uh, much more beautiful and colorful sure. compared to the Oxford type, perhaps, and indeed. <laughs> and uh, food here, fantastic. Opportunities everywhere. Opportunities of business were really everywhere. Uh, uh, 
Malaysia, one of the national symbols of Malaysia is the hibiscus, the flower. Sure, sure. Okay, in 98, Malaysia to me was like a small hibiscus start uh, blooming. blooming. Uh, easiness of communication, easiness of doing business, uh, infrastructure ready. So kind what, of. what was the first business then when you first started out uh, here? Real estate. Did you bring a lot Pre of money into the country and then be able to do this? How in the world did you get into real estate? I mean, you can't be just saying, no, there's a lot of opportunities. What literally, was it a meeting? Was it a dinner that got you into that? No, I, I've been actually working in real estate for the greatest part of my life. Beside the parentheses, between bracket of the family business. Sure. That, by the way, was sold a couple of years after my father, unfortunately, passed away in 1992. Sure. 1994, I sold it off. And, uh, and uh, I kept on doing what my real passion was, marketing, economy, linking the two things together with properties. Sure. I've been a consultant, freelance consultant in the Americas, uh, mostly on property market. And here in Southeast Asia, I started in 1998 uh, my own consultancy firm, one-man show, kind of, with a few big names, not in Malaysia, but overseas. I the, was traveling very often to Korea, Japan, sure. uh, Australia, and so on. Did that uh, Mat Saleh phase help you in getting ahead a lot quicker, faster? Because during the time, it was all about the whites, the people who are more Kwailos coming into Malaysia and doing very well. Did that really help a lot? Uh, it helped more later. At the very first time, yeah, definitely the Masale, the Kwailo phase uh, helps a lot in countries like Indonesia, Vietnam, sure. uh, Thailand, sure. uh, China, even China. Even though Chinese are uh, having this big wall uh, between uh, them and the Kwailo, uh, uh, still uh, untrust wall, uh, no trust wall, uh, kind of. But still, uh, at that time, yes, helped a bit. When they shift in, uh, in saying, uh, Okay, let's stop traveling. I was traveling a lot. I was more spending more time on flights uh, than on on Mother Earth. Sure. Singapore Airlines at the time every year was gifting me two uh, tickets for free anyway. for any destination in the world every year on Christmas. And after two times, consequently two times, landing in KLIA and having my assistant coming over to the airport bringing me the clean luggage, picking up the dirty one, and me jumping on a next flight, I said, that's it. Enough is enough. Sure. <laughs> so I said, okay, look around Malaysia. I saw a, a growing real estate market in terms of consultant, real estate agency, and so on, brokers, and so on. So I found a, a partner, or better, the partner found me because my my current partner has been the real estate agent that found a house for me. <laughs> I see. So the person who was a real estate agent found a house for you and became your business partner. Yeah. And that's how the whole entire business came even, about. Like best, after a few years of being my business partner, sure. she's also became my wife. Ah, so that's how the whole entire story came about. From a business partner or well, from a real estate agent looking for your house, and then became your business partner, and then became your wife. Correct. And that's how the whole entire business came about. Correct. And you wrote with the wave of exponential growth of the property real estate development in Malaysia. Yes, I, uh, what, what we looked at at the time, saying, uh, where are the loopholes? 
uh, that was 2006, 2005, 2006, when we were start discussing how to be different, all right? One thing that, uh, that as an entrepreneur you should also always do, never copycat. Sure. You look at uh, what others are doing. Sure. Look at uh, where the loophole is in what others are doing and then you jump into. Of course, you have to be prepared, you have to get uh, your credential, sure. but definitely it's the best way to do it. And so we did at that time, we saw a lack of uh, uh, professionalism somehow, uh, above all in those agencies that were dealing with uh, development, uh, property development, so we decided our direction to become exclusive partners for property developers. At the beginning it was very hard, because I've been uh, you see here, I, I, I still bring, uh, carry the scarf of the knocking doors uh, sure. for developers that never open doors. Sure. In 2010, I said, okay, I have a, a, a huge wealth here on my neck, sure. which is my quail of age. Sure. So I said, let's use it. Up to the stage, I start sharing my ideas, my point. Uh, again, trying to be different from the majority of speakers try to talk about, uh, understand how the property market works, where the wealth in property is. I kept caught attention, I build up a followership, I start being invited in professional uh, congress, uh, summit, uh, locally, overseas and so on, and slowly, slowly developers start calling. Sure. Now, now, touch wood, <laughs> somehow I, I sit comfortably in my desk, at my desk, and developers are reaching out. And they're definitely reaching out. I mean, I also <coughs> know that you have, uh, you now currently are on the advisory board of the Joho Land, or yes. the, can you tell us a little bit more about that? A lot of opportunities down there that you're uh, working on? Absolutely, absolutely. This is a huge opportunity, and there will be a, a very important opportunity also of cooperation with, uh, with Portman, with what you have done here sure. somehow. Uh, Iskandar Malaysia. Iskandar Malaysia is the perfect example of how propenomy should work. Okay. Unfortunately, there didn't work. Why? Iskandar Malaysia is an economic growth corridor. I'm going to stop Daniel right there, right before he shared this very, very important and how propenomy works. You're watching the Earning Chance show live. Remember, if you're watching right now, please share tag so that you can really understand how propenomy works. Property norm economy, right? So you're going to hear it from the man himself, the author, the first and only propenomies of the world. The person is going to share with you how does propanomy works and how it's going to be making it work in Iskandar itself in Johor. So for those of you who've been saying, you know, Iskandar is a dead place. You cannot buy things that can actually work. There's just so many different Chinese people from China buying. Let's hear from him. He's going to share with us how does the propanomy works in Iskandar and what is his role as the advisor down there and how it actually involves Portman, uh, our education group down there as well. So back to you. Thank you. And uh, remember also to leave a lot of likes uh, and like. Share, share, tag, share and, and tag. like, love, yeah? <laughs> okay, Iskandar Malaysia, like and love a lot, honestly, is uh, a, a perfect example on uh, a well-planned economic corridor, economic growth corridor. It encompasses the, south, uh, the southern part of Malaysia, of Johor State, is uh, leveraging a lot on Singapore, uh, what our government did here, ah, you see how Malaysian I am, our government. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don't care whether it's Pakatan, Harapan or Barisan uh, National, yeah. it's our government. Exactly. At the time, was At the time, right? Uh, 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 Mahade still on the other side, <laughs> kind of. And, um, well, what, 
what the government did there found uh, a very strong similarity with Shenzhen and Hong Kong, looked into the model of Shenzhen and Hong Kong, and Shenzhen and, and Hong Kong is an extremely successful corridor example. Uh, they brought it in and say, okay, identify economic cluster, build economic growth, bring in FDI, bring in investment in production, logistic, education, and so on, doing what? If you invest in economic growth, you generate jobs, create jobs, attract people, moving in internal migration from states that are not offering the same opportunities. People are moving in, finding a good job, bringing in the family, and consequently are looking for what? A property. So the, the, the concept, the rollout is exactly this. You start from an economy and you end up with property. Unfortunately, what happened in Iskandar Malaysia is that in the last five years, too much properties have been developed. Developers didn't really look into the real numbers. Say, ah, build, 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 then they will come. So how do they Bullshit. solve the problem right now? <laughs> Bring in economy which is exactly what I'm trying to do, restart the engine of the economic growth. John Land has been engaging me to do a, a quite an important job in terms of a workshop for them, analyzing the current situation, the past, and looking in the crystal ball. Unfortunately, the crystal ball is a bit foggy. Eh? Sure. <laughs> so I do some prudent, uh, prudential conservative forecast. But the, the driver is still there. So what we need to do? Restart the engine of the economic growth. Uh, we have this huge uh, free, uh, not developed land, a huge township, a bit north of Johor Bahru. We're talking about 1,200 acres, not a small thing, uh, where I'm personally proposing the plug and play, plug in and play of economic enabler. But you see, to do that, it's going to be taking about 5, 10, 15 years. It's going to be a long time. What's going to happen to the date towns and cities of all the overdeveloped properties there right now? Will they be able to sustain and last that long till this whole entire economic um, uphill or I, I would say overhaul is going to be happening? Is going to be possible? Uh, hopefully, hopefully will. Uh, you see, Mother Nature takes about nine months for a mom yep. to produce a kid. Yep. It cannot take a few years for a green land area to become a conducive and super successful economic growth corridor. Sure. Shenzhen, sure. 30 years. Sure. It was launched early 80s and it became successful 10 years ago. So it takes time. It will take time. And I'm sure, unfortunately, a lot of developers will still feel the pain because why? They developed a too expensive product, uh, leveraging on saying, oh, Singaporean will come in, Chinese will come in, or uh, they are not coming just for coming. They will come in as a top, medium, high, and top management of economic enabler that you, state, government, developer, private entities, should be plugging in education, education sure. and vocational education. One of our biggest uh, dramas in this moment in Malaysia, we have plenty of PhDs uh, that are serving food, uh, nasi lemak in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have uh, skilled workers. 
Our productivity is too low. We need to rise per capita income, but not by rising wages, by increasing productivity. So what can the people do? I mean, I know that recently you have been going on social media to tell people that, you know, you're going to be out of a job. You're going to be fighting with uh, Terminators and <laughs> you don't want to be fighting Terminators. I mean, what, what are you trying to tell people that they are really going to be out of a job? What can they do? What do they need to be doing today? Well, uh, according to the World Economic Forum, there are 70 plus million people that will be jobless, uh, not within five years, within two years. Within two years, 70 million people will be jobless. 75 million people out of the 7 billion kind of population is going to be jobless yeah. within two years. Yeah. So what's going to happen with this people? What do they need to do? And how many of those people are actually in Malaysia? Okay, uh, do the best thing that you can do, meaning look inside yourself. Find your passion. Find that thing that makes you happy, which is what happened to me in 64 years of age, 63 years of age. Sure. Honestly, I enjoyed every single minute, every single step of my entrepreneurial journey. You put it uh, passion, you work over time. I open my office at seven, I close it at uh, sometime nine or 10 o'clock at night. I work on Saturday and Sundays. Sure. I don't go holiday, why? Because my work is my holiday, it's my fun. People are asking me, oh, how can you do a sharing in KL in the morning of Sunday and Sunday afternoon you are in JB? I like it. I love it. I live. I love being connected. Sure. I love being connected with the public. I love being connected with the young people. I think that's also why it kept you so young, you know? Uh, <laughs> 63 years old man. No, I don't think so. I think it's a 63 young, age young man, you know, because you definitely don't have the kind of energy of a 63, but you have an energy of a 36. Yep. You know, that looks like more like what I see. So what do they really do doing things that they're happy? But doing things that they're happy, most people are very concerned. If I'm just happy, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Uh, okay. So what do I really need to have? <laughs> do I need to know how to buy property? What do I need to do specifically? Okay. You need to understand how to transform what makes you happy in a business. Uh, I have been reading some uh, very alarming report recently. 98% of startups are failed within six months from the sure. date in which they sure. are established. We have seen what happened with WeWork. Yep, yep. Eight billion US dollar rising to 42 billion, dropping to zero. zero. Yep. Oh, Allah, unbelievable. I mean... But isn't what? that just a game of the people playing like a pyramid scheme no. just to raising capital? And it's just like... Uh, is this? People, people, young entrepreneurs, above all, with all the respect, uh, don't get offended. Is uh, is uh, a, a tip that I'm giving you, kind of. Young entrepreneur, they have a brilliant idea, and they think that with a brilliant idea they can make money. Hello, stop, stop moving in this direction. You need a business model. You need a revenue model. You need to understand how your idea can make money for you, can work for you, and above all can make you free from your nine to five job. I have seen plenty of people in a crazy way jumping out from the nine to five, starting up their startup, opening up a restaurant, a new trendy design, don't know what, and after six months closed, almost bankrupted. Sure. Why you jump out from the nine to five? That is your bread and butter. What is my best advice? Keep your nine to five. Start looking into a 5 to 11, 5 to 12. 
develop the model, develop the revenue. You don't know how, reach out to me, reach out to Ernie. We, we are here to help all of you finding your way out, which is exactly what I'm doing in Johor, with Johor Land. I am test and trying with a totally different business model and revenue model, acting in a different way. It's a bit like a, a farmer's job. Sure. You work the land, you put in the seed, you nurture the seed till when you are ready for the harvesting season. But I think also it's because a lot of people are not used to trying new revenue model, new business model because it never existed to them. I'm so used to just having a salary come at the end of the month. And all of a sudden, I have to try things that may or may not work. So are you saying that being an entrepreneur, you just got to be be willing to accept the failures that come with it and be okay with that so that you continuously be experiencing something new so that potentially it may work, but yeah. potentially may also be failing. Exactly. Being an entrepreneur, one of the uh, takeaway for, for our public today, point one, uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I was saying and I was making out of it my personal motto the Nike tagline, just do it. Sure. Nowadays, I say, because nowadays it's not easier, it's much more difficult. Today I say, do it whatever it takes, first. Two, don't get emotionally attached. Sure. Let go. Doesn't work, close it. Don't keep on accumulated losses. It doesn't work, means doesn't work. Go and find the mentors, find someone who might be helping you. Sure. You don't know where, come here, <laughs> drop a message below. There are plenty of mentoring platform. Get someone to advise you. Uh, do not think that your idea is the best one. Talk and share, and share about it with people, with knowledge. Then only you will be able to adjust your journey. Being an entrepreneur, like the life of an entrepreneur is a bit like a roller coaster. Sure. Up and down. Sure. Of course. A good entrepreneur comes at the time he is able to stabilize his route and his direction. But it takes time. Sure. And again, please do not fall into the emotional trap of attachment to your idea. If your idea doesn't work, be honest with yourself and say, scrap it, next one. Sure. What I'm going to do next year, I'm going to launch exactly a platform to help people in moving smoothly from nine to five towards a independent life. But smoothly, slowly, with proper advising, choosing the right direction, elaborating the right idea, covering the idea with the proper business model, and above all, revenue model. Sure. Which is important. You have to make money. Sure. So are you saying that you're kind of moving out of the property scene a little bit and be able to move from B to B to B to C? Okay, I'm moving B to B from B to B to B to C. I'm not moving out from property because it's my biggest love ever. I still look at property and I've been looking at property as the best possible asset in my life and available for everybody. But to invest in property, you need one thing, money. That's right. So you have to make money first. So you're going to teach the people how to make money first to then be investing into property. Correct. Okay, Correct. very good. Correct. And what is that way that uh, they're going to be learning how to make money? In what areas? Is it going to be starting a business or is it going to be showing their ability in something to make money? Is a, a matter of understanding uh, the scenario. 
all right? You have to look into the battlefield. We look into what uh, Sun Tzu Art of sure. Work is saying. You, you need to know yourself, you need to know the battleground, and at the end you need also to know your enemy. The enemy is who? All the competitors of your idea. So you analyze your idea based on this big picture that Propenomi will give you from an economic point of view, telling you, for instance, let's start from the very basic, which are the industries that will sink, which are the industries that will rise. Don't jump into a sinking one, please. Choose a, a rising one. Sure. Uh, education, F&B, sure. uh, water production, <laughs> ecology, ecology and uh, plastic product recycling is uh, renewable energy. Sure. All these are uh, booming sector, and I'm just throwing you some ideas. Huh? Very simple one. During my uh, first uh, Propenomi lab in January, January 4th and January 5th, can I do a bit of advertisement? Go ahead. You look into my page, Dr. Daniele Gambero, the propenomist. There are plenty of information on our propenomy lab. The first one will be launched 4th and 5th of January. How and much the, is that? Uh, ridiculous amount of money. Okay. If you comment in my page, I want to know more, you will get two days, 12 hours full immersion on propenomy. And uh, what is the future about? For less than 1,002. Less than 1,200 ringgit, you get to learn what's the future all about. Total 12 hours immersion, you get to learn what Propanom is about. January 4th and 5th, do comment. I want to know more in Dr. Daniel Gambaro's page. We have just come to the conclusion and also the time has just ran out very, very quickly because when you got good oh. information, time <laughs> is up. So one last uh, words over here for our entrepreneurs, right? If there's one thing that they should be doing for 2020 to be able to get out of the rut that they're in, get out of the economic situation they're in, what should that thing that they should be doing as employees, entrepreneurs, business owners, what is out there that everyone can really take immediate action and be able to skyrocket their financial situation and also their personal growth for the future? Okay, if you are a 9 to 5 moving towards entrepreneurship, don't jump out, be smart, remember do it whatever it takes and get someone to mentor you, get someone to advise you. People with experience, with a proven track of record. Ernie is a very good example. I am just an admin compared to him, but <laughs> I can also help a little bit. There are plenty of other people with the track of record. Don't listen too much. Use your brain. Use your brain, don't use your heart in choosing the heart part. What I mean, I said that you have to get passion. Yes, but your passion must make money. So money comes from the brain, not from the heart. And last but not least, if it doesn't work, means it doesn't work, let it go. Let it go before it will kill you. I always tell people, you know, make decisions with your brain and yeah. do things with your heart. Yeah. So Correct. that's the whole Correct. idea of Correct. one thing to make sure that we always do not go by emotions. Exactly. And you always make the wrong decisions when you make decisions with emotions, exactly. right? Exactly. So, but definitely when you have decided with your head, always make sure you're able to go all out and do things with your heart. And that's what differentiates a very successful entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching The Early Chance Show Live. We've been fortunate to have Dr. Daniel Gambaro from REI Group. For those of you who wants to learn about what you can gain out of this coming future, do sign up and join his January 4th and 5th program 2020 in property 
proper normal lab. Proper normal lab with him, 12 hours immersion so that you'll be able to prepare yourself and get yourself ready for 2020 and beyond. So with that, Perfect. once again, thank you very much for watching The Only Chance Show Live. We'll catch you again next week with another big personality that'll be on The Only Chance Show Live. Until then, thank you very much for watching. I'll see you. Thank you. Thank Peace. you. Bye. Thank you for watching and listening to The Ernie Chan Show. Don't forget to like and follow my FB page every single day. And of course, stay tuned every Thursday at 12.30pm where I'll be watching you live.